One of the things that I've learned over the years as I've gotten closer to God and allowed the Holy Spirit to mature me is how important it is to honor people. And, you know, there's a couple of couples in this church that really deserve honor. And one of them's here and one of them's not. And so, Phileas, I know you were just up here, but could you stand up really quick for us? Both of you. Thank you. The, these two deserve honor so much for what they've given us, for what they do for each one of us behind the scenes. We really have no idea how much they give to us. And so if you guys would just extend your hands towards them and let's bless them and honor them as the pastors of our church. Lord Jesus, we honor these two in their family for the sacrifices, for the faith, for the risk that they've taken for us, Coastlands Vineyard, and for all of those that they touch with their presence. Um, God, we pray that you would increase in them, Holy Spirit, your presence. We pray that you would give them wisdom in how to lead and further us, how to shepherd us as a congregation. And God, just as you've placed a worldwide vision in them, we pray that that vision would not perish, but God, that you would speak your life over that continually and that you would give them the strength to carry us towards that also. We pray health over this family. On so many different facets, we pray health over them. God, we pray that you would show your miracle powers in their lives. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And Mike and Betty Fry, gosh, what a blessing they are to us. Really, guys, such a blessing. So when you see them next time, thank them, bless them. You all have something to bless them with, and so do that, okay? All right, well, I told Chris that I have been having my own personal spiritual renewal lately. And I told him that a while ago, and he said to me, well, why don't you preach on renewal? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That's exciting. That's like my, my DNA, what runs through me. And then I started to get into it, and it's a hard thing to preach on because there's so many different ideas of what renewal is. I don't know if you've ever like looked into it, dived into what renewal is, but um, I got more confused in the beginning, and then I had to pray and be like, God, help me. And then he brought me to the direction that I feel is, is for us today. So my hope and my purpose today is that you would leave this place with a renewed and deep, desire for personal spiritual renewal, an awakening inside of you, a desire to seek first the kingdom of God and let him take care of all your other needs. You know, we go through our days living for what's here before us. When God has asked us and has called us to live for eternity. And so what I believe is Spiritual renewal is to give us the eyes to see the greater picture of who we are and what God has called us to. And so I pray that you guys would hunger and thirst for renewal, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to awaken your spirit, because I guarantee you, you need it. I guarantee it. We all need it. We need to be awakened, renewed to the purposes of why we are here on this earth. You want to go there with me? 
sparked a little bit inside of you already? Because if it has, that's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit wants you to catch this. So when I was looking up renewal, the majority of the articles and ideas were on the decline of the Western church. <laughs> Seriously, like I'm doing my searches, looking into it, and it's talking about how much our churches in the United States, in the UK, how, how desperately we need to have church renewal and how we can implement programs and systems in order to build our churches up. And I was just shaking my head going, no, no, I'm not worried about that. Not worried about it at all. Now here's a paragraph that I came across that kind of puts it, puts the point. Let me read this to you. A critical issue facing the church today in America is the renewal of the established churches. The statistics have now been widely reported. 85% of churches in America are either plateaued or declining. 25% are close to death. 9,000 churches could close this year with as many as 100,000 closing during the decades of the 90s. Of the new members who joined churches last year, 95% were already Christians. Approximately 60 million adults are unchurched, not to mention children and teens. More than 60% of adults interviewed considered church boring and irrelevant. That's depressing, isn't it? It, it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And there was articles over and over and over like that. And I just was asking the Lord, like, what do I do with this? Is this the direction that you want me to go? And, I mean, obviously God wants our churches here to be full of life and to be touching our communities. But God's got such a greater picture, doesn't he? God is in control. Can we say that? God is in control. So let us remember that the church is expanding rapidly throughout the world. Do you know that? I mean, church, the Christianity, the belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is expanding like it never has before in the history of the world. Let me read you some more stats. Now, mind you, I took these, I don't know when they were written, I think they're actually kind of older, but they make the point and I believe them to be true. In 1900, Korea had no Protestant churches. Today, there are over 7,000 churches in just the city of Seoul, South Korea. At the end of the 19th century, the southern portion of Africa was only 3% Christian. Today, 63% of the population is Christian. Well, membership in the churches in Africa is increasing by 34,000 people per day. It makes the western side look very small in comparison to what's happening across the world. In India, 14 million of the 140 million members of the untouchable caste have become Christians. That is amazing that that group of people in India alone, there would be people that are becoming Christians, that are following Jesus. It's amazing to even be able to say that, and I know the numbers are bigger now because that's an old statistic. More people in the Islamic world have come to Christ in the last 25 years than in the entire history of Christian missions. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice over that one. That goes all the way back to Cain and Abel, if you ask me. That goes back to the roots, and God is having his way over there, and it will only increase. In Islamic Indonesia, 
the percentage of Christians is now so high, they estimate around 15%, that the Muslim government will no longer post the statistics. In China, it is estimated that there are now more self-avowed disciples of Jesus than members of the Communist Party. Even the most conservative estimates suggest that China will soon have more Christians than any country. Across the planet, followers of Jesus are increasing more than 80,000 per day. 110 new churches form every day. The irony is, except for the Middle East, where Christianity was born, Europe and America, Christianity is expanding everywhere. So let us remember that, okay? I felt like that was important for us to grab when I start talking to you guys about renewal. Because I am not talking about the church renewal. God's got that covered. I'm talking about individual, personal, spiritual renewal. So the church will thrive and Jesus will have his bride. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus will have his bride? Yeah, do you know what that means? The church is the bride. He's going he's to have his way. There's no doubt about it. So I went through and did this whole message about halfway through. And then I just had this aha moment. You ever have those aha moments where you're just like, wow, I'm making this really complicated. And it really came out with like this simple math equation. It's funny how, how my brain works, but it was a simple math equation. And what it was, was God's presence equals spiritual renewal. God's presence equals spiritual renewal. I could stop the whole message right there. You guys want spiritual renewal in your lives? Do you want spiritual awakening to happen in your life as an individual? And then as we come together corporately, individuals coming together corporately who are living in renewal, that is church renewal. Do we want our church to be on fire to have church renewal? Then that happens when each individual has personal spiritual renewal. We come together and then we manifest church renewal. So I decided to push past that a little bit because um, I just had a little bit more to say. It really is that simple. God's presence equals spiritual renewal in your life. And we're going to dive into what that looks like. Why do we want to do that a little bit more? There is a definition that I found online that I like, and then I came up with my own definition of spiritual renewal. So first I'll read the term or the, the definition that I got online. Spiritual renewal is the term often used to describe what happens when God pours out his spirit on his people. When he is free to work powerfully in and through his people to show the world how real and mighty and good Jesus is. I thought that was a great definition of spiritual renewal. And God knows I pray for that. Pray for that for our church. I pray for that for our county. How cool would it be if God just poured out his presence and we all submitted ourselves and he got to move through us how he chose fit and Jesus was glorified. That would be amazing and we should all be praying for that. But there's another kind of spiritual renewal that we can actually partake in that God says that we can have anytime we want and that is God's presence in our lives equals spiritual renewal. If you look back through history, you see the, the pouring out over the churches and the renewal that happens. And the church gets on fire, things happen, and then there's a renewal, uh, a revival that often follows renewals. It's cool. Look at church history. It's really neat. 
But what I felt like the Holy Spirit put on my heart today for you guys was personal spiritual renewal. You guys got that, right? That's, that's what I feel like God's got for you, personal spiritual renewal. I think I've said it like 15 times already. Yeah. Okay, so my definition. Spiritual renewal is what happens anytime we find ourselves in the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. We are renewed as individuals, congregations, and communities when we encounter the living God. You like that definition? Because it really is anytime we encounter the presence of God, we are renewed. Okay, but before we dive into talking about spiritual renewal on the how and the why and the fruits, we need to establish some realities and some baselines. Because I want you guys to want spiritual renewal. I want you to want spiritual awakening. But the thing is, is that you could easily leave this place and go about your day just like you were when you came in. I do it. It happens all the time. But that's not what I want. I want you guys to leave here hungering for a change in your life, hungering for a deeper desire and relationship with Jesus in the presence of God. And so there's a couple of things that we need to get straight right off the top. The first thing is, is that we need a reality of who we are as Christians. I'm going to ask for some participation, and this is where I get cheesy. If you've seen me preach before, I can get cheesy, and I ask for your participation, but humor me, please, and participate. Let me read to you 1 John 3.1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, children of God. Is there any princes in the house today? If you're a prince, throw your hand up in the air. I see a couple. Is that it? We only got three princes in this place? Seriously, if you're a prince, put your hand in the air. Do you know what I mean, men? You are a son of the Most High God. You are a son of the greatest king, of the greatest kingdom that ever will exist. Ever. But so many times, men, we live our lives as a Labradoodle breeder. Seriously. Or whatever, a graphic designer, a doc, whatever you want to say, a rancher. We could go around the list. When someone asks you, what, who, what do you do, who are you? I'm a Labradoodle breeder. And yeah, I'm not going to jump and say, yeah, I'm, I'm the son of the Most High God. I mean, I might do that under certain circumstances. But we need to live in that reality, right? Do you know how important that is? And when you live in the reality of who you are as a son of God, then that will change your perspective, and how you live your life. I know my son loves to spend time with me. That's why he's in here. He will not go in there. We've tried. He didn't say why, but I know why he's in here. He knew Daddy would be doing this. He knows he's my son. How amazing would it be if we really knew, men, that we were his son, and we just wanted to spend time with God. And in his presence, renewal would happen naturally. All right, how about princesses? Is there any princesses in the house? There we go. That was easier. <laughs> My goodness. You know, I was going to start with the princesses and then go to the princes, but my wife was like, no, 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 no. Start with the guys first. I'm like, okay, sure. Same thing. If you could live from the reality that you are God's beloved, that you are his daughter, that God would do anything for you and has. 
that he wants to take your hand and walk you through the valley of the shadow of death and help you through that other side joyfully. If you understood who you were as his daughter, you would daily be clinging to him. You would daily be bringing your burdens, your fears to him. And in his presence, you would be renewed. In his presence, you would have a spiritual awakening. Do you get where I'm going with this section here? Identity, what you call yourselves, living in the truth of who you are. Can you follow me in that? Good. Next, reality is that we are a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. You know, when I think of a priesthood, I think of back in the days of the, the tabernacle and back in the days of the temple. and You know, if you touched that when you weren't supposed to, you die. There's no way you're going through the veil into the Holy of Holies. They'd tie a bell around your leg and a rope because if you screwed up, you're dead and they'd just pull you out because they couldn't go in there. That's how big it is to be called a royal priesthood, that we can come in and encounter in the Holy of Holies anytime we want. And we can take away all of the tools and the authorities that comes with being a priest in the kingdom of God, being part of that royal priesthood. Does that, does that set in? I don't think we'll ever really understand what that means. But let it just set in a little bit. Let it increase your faith when you pray for healing. Let it increase your faith when you see somebody on the side of the road asking for money and, and God says, go, go bless them. Silver and gold you don't have maybe, but what you do have, be blessed. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, giving you tools, encouraging you all the time. The royal priesthood, we have that authority. Are you following me on that? All right. This one hit me. This last week was kind of hard at my home. Busy, 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 and had, you know, you start to get prepared to come and do something like this. Things are just going to fall apart. This is just how it works. And it was hitting me. And God reminded me, we are more than conquerors in Jesus. Often we may feel defeated. There's probably people in this room today that feel defeated. But the reality is, is that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We may not have much here on earth, but we have riches in heaven. Romans 8, 37 through 39. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor priests, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for that, God. You are more than conquerors. And when you don't feel like it, just tap into the everlasting, non-ending power of the presence of God. You can't get up. He'll pick you up. When you don't have the resources to pay your bills, he'll give it to you. I've been there. I've lived in the back of a U-Haul. I've lived in a van. I've been destitute with money. God always took care of me. You tell me one thing 
that God has not pulled you through. There's not a person in this room that can tell me that there is not something that God has not pulled you through because you are here today. God pulled you through. You may not see the end result yet, but he has either pulled you through or he is pulling you through because our God is faithful and you can count on that. So you are more than conquerors. We can lose our lives today. Okay, what? I get to go be with Jesus in heaven and be blown away by his glories and splendor? We may lose a loved one. I've lost almost all my family. Those who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sad, but they're with God in heaven, rejoicing and getting to experience the thing that all of our hearts long for. Death is not victory. We don't die in death, family. We move past into eternal glory. Remember that when you're faced with death or someone you love is faced with death. We are co-heirs with Christ. That's amazing. We're just going to leave that at what it is. You are a city on a hill, the lamp on a lampstand, leading the way to Jesus. Do you know that that's what we're supposed to be? We really are supposed to be that lamp, that city that's showing Jesus this way. Follow me, Jesus, this way. Everything your heart desires, this way. Redemption, this way. Forgiveness, this way. Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light on a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see the good deeds, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Boom. That's who you are. Can you receive it? Yeah? Because that is who you are. That is your reality. Live from it, please. Say, I will live from just a small piece of that today. I will be courageous enough, Holy Spirit, help me to live in such a way that I know I am a prince or a princess. Or I know that I am more than a conqueror, even though I don't feel it. I will stand on faith. Own some of that today. It will change your life. All right. Next, we need a reality shift in time and residency. Let's see if this will pull out properly. Okay, I, I, I think about this all the time. And um, Francis Chan, I don't know if you guys know who Francis Chan is, but um, he came up with this visual, and I loved it, and so I took it. So I can't claim originality on this, but I think about this all the time. And this is an amazing analogy. It really spoke to me. I hope it speaks to you. All right? The red. Our time on earth. This is the time that the devil has influence in our lives. This is it. Time on earth. This is the only time you can make an impact in eternity, at least from what we've been told. See this? can't tell where it goes, can you? Out the door. You can't see the end. There's another million feet past that. This is eternity. Where's your home? Someone tell me. Is it in the red or in the white? It's in the white. Where do we live? And where do we put most of our time, energies, and efforts? The red. Where's our identity found? The white. Or should I say, where should our identity be? The white. Where often do we find our identity? The red. The red. What we do, how much money we have, 
the Volkswagen bus we drive. <laughs> this is our identity family. This is our, our home, what we're supposed to be living for. But so often we find ourselves living here. And it's a shame. And I do it right along with you. And we need a reality check of residency. This is not our home. The scriptures say we are just passing through this time. This is our home. If we could just get this, if we could just get this, we would change the way we live. We would look at people differently because here we're called to truly love and we will truly love. Here, people step on the backs of others to get success. Here, people close their doors to the hungry. Here, we open our doors, our hearts, in this place where we're supposed to live from, are so beautiful, I wish we could see them. Here, we're confused. And so, I want to encourage you guys to focus on the eternal. You want renewal in your life? Because that's what we're talking about. We're setting our baselines of who you are and your residency. You want your life to be changed? Focus on this. Seek first the kingdom of God and know that all of these things will be taken care of. You guys know that scripture? I love that scripture. It encourages me because there's so much to worry about here. And then there's a little bit of confusion that there's some amazing holy things that happen here that we have to put our attention on a daily basis, like our children, like our families, like our jobs. It is holy to work with excellence and to leave a legacy for your family. That is a holy thing, and that is something here. But we can recognize that here is a mixture, right? We have eternal things happening here, and we focus on them. But if we focused on the things that we have to do that are holy with the lenses of eternity, we would do them even that much better. You know, um, tomorrow, who's, uh, is it birthday we celebrate tomorrow? Who is that? Martin Luther King? I think Martin Luther King did a really good job at this. I really do. I'm pretty sure he was Reverend Martin Luther King, wasn't he? If I remember correctly. He stood up for justice, equality. He lived for kingdom principles and died for it here. All the apostles, most all of them, lived for kingdom principles and died for it here. Jesus, you know. Pretty, pretty awesome. I'm not saying we should die for it, but if called to, maybe that would be an honor. But in remembering Martin Luther King and how he lived, it, it was something just that spoke to me. Let us live our lives in such a way that we live for kingdom principles, no matter what the cost. So did you guys get the analogies of who we are and reality shift in our purposes and our residency? Okay. Cool. Why do we need spiritual renewal? Why? Anyone? That's right. Establish our relationship with God. I wrote, we need renewal, the Holy Spirit, to empower us to effectively communicate and reveal God's kingdom to a broken, hurting, and desperate people, separated from the mercy and love of their creator that they so deeply need and desire. You know that there's a whole bunch of people out there that are Everything inside of them is screaming 
for the mercy and forgiveness of their creator. They just don't know it. And renewal, awakening, will fill us up in such a way that we will have hearts for these people. How many times do you go down the street and you're surrounded by people like that and you could care less? I'm guilty. I'm getting a Starbucks. Lost soul, lost soul, lost soul, lost soul. Oh, thanks for the Starbucks. Here's a quarter. You know, God's heart is that we would beat with his heart for the people around us. I know that's a heavy thing that I just said. Next, renewal reveals purpose. God created you with a vision for a reason, for a purpose. I love this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Renewal reveals your purpose for existence. Wouldn't it be nice to own a little bit more of that, to know a little bit more of that, when we actually get shifted out and get down to it? God, why am I here? That lifelong question that has spanned throughout the ages. What is my purpose? In God's presence, your purpose is revealed daily. Some people get a ha moment. Some people walk it out over their whole life. But in God's presence, your purpose will be revealed. Spiritual renewal will give us God's heart for humanity and our neighbors around us. We will live a deeper human experience. I have a challenge for you. This is a challenge that I have taken. It changed my life. I could only do it for about two weeks. If you are taking notes, please write this challenge down. Ask God to allow you to see humanity through his eyes. It will wreck you, guaranteed. I asked God to stop. I did. I was a, a crying mess. You look at somebody and you just see the deep love that God has for them. It's deeper than anything you've ever even really experienced. And you're like, I love you so much. And you're crying and you're like, oh my gosh. And then, and then you, you, you walk down and, and there's this perfectly normal human being that's just doing normal human stuff. They're not an outcast. They're not this. And all of a sudden your heart breaks. And you find yourself weeping in a public place. And you're like, why? And God shows you how broken and hurting their heart is. God shows you how, how, how amazing and how, how cool it is, children, and how their, their faith and their interaction with life is, is so amazing and so full of life. And, and just this joy will come on you when, you when you look at a group of children playing. It's really cool. It will change your life. You may have to ask for a while. God may give you degrees. I got a boom into my life and I had to back off but I'm very grateful for that experience because it showed me how God sees people. Spiritual renewal will give you God's heart for people around you. You will have kingdom impact. So how do we enter into renewal into God's presence? Seek and wait on the Holy Spirit. Aren't those kind of seem like two kind of contradictory words, seek and wait? But they go together. Because in the waiting, it is seeking. If you were looking for a great treasure, and you came to this person and said, I'm looking for a great treasure. And they said, wait right here. I'll be right back with it. Are you seeking in your waiting? You are. And that's what happens when we come to the Holy Spirit. 
and we ask the Holy Spirit for God's presence, His influence and impact in our lives. Wait right here. I'll bring you another treasure. Wait right here. I'll bring you another kingdom treasure. Wait and seek. If you want to enter into renewal, if you want to enter into an awakening, if you want to enter into God's presence, seek first the kingdom of God and wait for the Holy Spirit to bring you these beautiful gifts. Isaiah 40.31 says, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will, not, they will walk and not become weary. So I'm going to do Pentecost really quick. I'm going to run through this on the waiting and seeking for time's purposes. But Acts 1, 3 through 5 says, After his suffering, Jesus's, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. It's a really funny statement. No, I really am alive, guys. Look, it poked me. I'm going to eat some food now. I mean, what were these convincing truths? Pretty cool, though, right? Like, no, I am alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while they were eating with him, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said a few more things and then heaven he went. You know that that's one of the very last things he said was to wait on the Holy Spirit. And that's still prevalent for us today. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Then the day of Pentecost happened and it was like this. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what, a, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there's people all around them, and these people are tripping out because they're like, these people are speaking our language, telling us about the amazing things of God, and they don't even know our language. How is this possible? And then some of them were like, they have to be drunk, which doesn't make sense to me. Usually when someone's drunk, they're not making much sense. But anyways, that was, their, um, that was how they responded to this. So then, this is the part I want you guys to absorb. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, do you know you're in the last days? We are in the last days. The apostles thought we were in the last days. They lived and spoke, we are in the last days. Now here's the thing about the last days. We are in them, we just don't know how long they last, right? I mean, but seriously, we are in the last days. And the reason why I bring that up is because this prophecy is for you. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. 
your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The power of the Holy Spirit upon his people is still for today and is happening around the world. It is happening around the world, happening all around us. You want to have renewal. You want to operate in power and influence in the people around you. You want to be engaged in the presence of God. Seek and wait on the Holy Spirit. Second way to enter into renewal is personal and corporate worship. How many people here have actually worshipped God by themselves? It's an amazing experience, isn't it? I'm not a musician, so I have to put on a CD, is what I usually do. Sorry, I'm still behind the times now. Um, I remember there was this one time, I want to tell you a story about my t one of my times in personal, relation, uh, personal worship with the Lord, and I want to encourage each one of you to do it. It's awkward. It really is something. You, you really have to transition past, like, what's actually going on into, like, what's actually going on, if that made sense. I think it, it's easy for you to understand what I'm saying. So I have this CD on. I've been worshiping. And then the song, Jesus' Blood Never Fails Me, comes on. And I'm on my face. I'm sobbing. God's presence is so thick, and he's just pressing into me how much that his blood will never fail us. And I get up, and I'm just like, whoa. Like, I am influenced physically by the presence of God. I have to go to someone's house. I jump in the car. I drive over there. I'm like, wow, I wonder if I should be driving. I get there, open up the door, and they go, what have you been doing? You just brought the presence of God into this house with you. Really? I know God's on me, but I didn't know that was even possible, right? But this discerning person felt the presence of God as I walked in because I was in the kingdom of God. I was engaged in God's presence. I know this. some of this stuff to some of you might sound like over-spiritual stuff, but that's okay because I'm really not concerned on how you think of me because this stuff is true, that we can enter into God's presence. His presence does go with us when we've been there, that it does just tangibly influence people around us as we enter into their space as we've been with the Holy Spirit. And so you want to have an active way of entering into renewal, personal awakening, worship God personally and corporately. Time of prayer, personal prayer, corporate prayer, super important. And the Bible. You know what? The Bible has gotten a bad name in our culture today. Back in the day, the Bible was held up for what it was. An amazing gift of God to humanity. The, the one bunch of writings that has changed more people's lives than all the other writings combined. The Holy Spirit dwells 
and moves and changes people's lives through the Bible. This is the Word of God. Now, what that means to you may mean something different than it does to me, but it is the Word of God. This is our history, the Old Testament, God's interaction with man and man's interaction with God. This is the story of Jesus and of the apostles and the Psalms and the Proverbs of the hundreds of years, if not more. I just threw that out there. It's an amazing thing. Get into the Bible. The Bible will bring you into awakening and renewal. How many people, I want honesty in this place. How many people have picked this up more than three times this week? It's awesome. The only reason why I have this week is because I've been studying for this message. I'm just being honest, guys. This will change your lives. Get into the New Testament. The Old Testament's a little wild. It might take you a while to get there. But the New Testament is a beautiful, beautiful story of our Savior and what happened after he left with our family. You want to enter into renewal, into an awakening? Get into the Bible. I'm on the last section. Are you guys still following me? The fruit of spiritual renewal. Renewal will help us focus on eternal things. That is a good reason to seek God's presence. Romans 8, 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according, in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Presence of the Holy Spirit, presence of God, equals spiritual renewal. Focused on the Spirit, you will produce that which the Holy Spirit cares about in your life. That is a good reason. Renewal sensitizes us to the worldliness around us that we have become so callous to. Do you know why our church is in such deep decline in the Western cultures? It's because we have, well, there's a couple of reasons. But one of the reasons is, is because we've embraced modern culture. I really believe that. The church has accepted the way the world lives and has embraced it, and we live like one foot in, one foot out. And God is calling us to live here. He doesn't want us to live like this. He doesn't want us to live like this. He wants us to live in this spot. He wants us to live for righteousness. He wants us to live for, for sexual purity. God, that's a dangerous one to say. I'll probably get in trouble by someone for saying that. God wants us to live for that. God wants us to live for justice, for peace. God wants us to live for love. But we so often allow media, allow the culture to influence us more than the Holy Spirit. And we find ourselves in a personal and corporate state of decline. Renewal will sensitize us to the worldliness around us that we have become so callous to. Did you hear that? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God knows when we're doing it. None of us 
let judgment fall far from us on each other. But remember that whenever we choose to indulge in the things of this world, when the Holy Spirit is whispering to us, come away from that, that the Holy Spirit knows. Now, I have recently gone through a, an interesting season in my life. You know what's really cool? Is that God will never give up on you. God will always be pulling you in to his kingdom and into his presence. And his judgment on his children doesn't exist. It's already taken care of. <laughs> Changed my life when I could stand before the living God and say, I'm sorry. And he goes, I know I love you. Come, come away with me. We judge ourselves so much more as the church than the Holy Spirit does. But the thing is, is that when we realize that, we need to cling to the one who has forgiven us and who doesn't judge us. So I'll read what I wrote here. I kind of already preached it, but I have noticed two different Christian experiences to the culture. First, the complete rejection and isolation from modern culture. I can only spend time with the saints of God. That's just as wrong, church. Second, the embracing of the modern culture and the people in such a way that the saints are living a daily life that looks a lot like the unbeliever. I feel like both of these expressions are out of balance. We are to love as Jesus modeled and to live as a citizen of God's kingdom. Renewal gives us the heart of God for those around us. Renewal will empower us to effectively communicate and reveal God's kingdom. Renewal reveals purpose and increases faith. I hope a seed has been planted in your hearts for renewal. I hope that you guys have felt your spirit jump a little bit in the sense that God desires you deeply. God wants you to live an awakened life. God wants you to live in renewal. God wants you to have more than you have in your hands already. It's like God says, come and, and take your place in my kingdom now and bring it and show it to people that don't have it, that they may know my love and my care for them. So I'll close with this scripture, Luke 24, 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. If you don't know that scripture, that's after Jesus is um, resurrected and there is a couple of distant disciples, I guess you'd call them, or maybe people who were watching. and They were heartbroken from the crucifixion of Jesus. And Jesus, just in his classic way, joins them on the road. And he's like, what's wrong? And they're like, our hearts are broken for what happened. And then Jesus just started speaking to them and opening the scriptures. And they said, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? May your heart burn within you. May you know that presence of God. May you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in such a way that you know without a doubt your heart is burning within you. And may that change the way you see life and the way you live this human experience. Because if you looked at that rope, that red spot's real short. And that white part's real long. 
and we don't get to live this human experience over here on earth. So do it well, church. Thank you for the opportunity to share.